Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back once again to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, Sean Moore. And as I always start off most of my uh, podcast, uh, for any of those new time viewers that are listening to the show for the first time, I want to say thank you and uh, hope you enjoy your stay. And for those who've been with me from day one, I want to thank you for being with me. And I surely hope you enjoy the content of, of this episode. Uh, I have uh, many more episodes. Uh, I've started since uh, early, I guess you should say late June is when I started this. And here we are into a, we're here into March the 1st. Hard to believe it is already third month of the, uh, of the new, of the new year. So uh, if, for those who are new, for those who are old viewers, if you want to listen to the, um, any, any of my previous podcasts, you can go to you can go anywhere from Anchor to Spotify. I'm on several sites, uh, several sites, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Those are just some of the main ones. There are a few more out there. I believe Radio Public, um, as well as uh, many more. There's a few more out there as well. So uh, any of those who Certainly, um, there's a podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to my previous podcast, there you go. Before we start off, before we jump into the subjects, subjects I want to talk about, uh, certainly I hope uh, everybody's doing doing well. Uh, certainly, I know these are troubling times, whether it's inflation or the, I guess you could say, what's going on with the Ukraine and Russia, what's ever going on in this world nowadays, it's a crazy, crazy mess of world, I guess you could say, but, uh, you know, hopefully, um, if you listen to this podcast, hopefully, maybe I can take your minds off of whatever, you know, troubles you may have um, in your personal life, and I hope at least it takes an hour out of your time to listen to the podcast, and uh, maybe, I'm not going to say it helps your Troubles go away, so to speak, but hopefully it does. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully you did listen to it, and um, you know, for at least an hour, you know, you can forget that things, you know, you can forget all the troubles that are all around you. Uh, as you know, I am. I like to jump right into things and we'll jump into things. Let's talk about the first first subject. We'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and. And how lucky the Kansas City Chiefs really are. Um, they kept uh, the offense coordinator Eric Bieniemy has signed a one-year deal with the um, Kansas City Chiefs, so he's back as the offensive coordinator once again for another year. Certainly, uh, it is kind of shocking that Eric has not gotten a head coaching opportunity. There were certainly several possibilities out there, and Eric, in my opinion, should have gotten at least. One of them, or he should have gotten a call. There's plenty of spots I believe he could have ended up ended up at, but unfortunately, I you know for whatever the case might be, whatever the reasons may be, he did not end up with a job as a head coaching job. He will be headed back with the Kansas City Chiefs again. Now maybe if Kansas City winds up going back to the playoffs again this year, which Probably a good possibility that they will wind up back in the playoffs again in 2022, whether they win the division or be a wild card team. 
Uh, their division is pretty tough. Uh, the Chargers are getting better. I'm interested to see what the Raiders do under Josh McDaniels. This will be Josh's second time around as the head coach. And I'm interested to see what the Denver Broncos can do. Very talented team. But can they find the right quarterback to take them over the top? So it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough setting for the Kansas City Chiefs. But the biggest news, it's great news that they aired me staying around. But the most intriguing news is the return of Matt Nagy as a quarterback's coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I had been reading a couple of reports. It seems like a lot of the experts are kind of flabbergasted that the Chiefs bought back Matt Nagy. Well, to be honest with you, I don't see the issue in it. It's like, there's people that are caught, are caught off guard by this. Now, Matt Nagy was there, you know, uh, Matt Nagy came from Kansas City Chiefs under the Andy Reid learning tree. Now, they just lost, now, they lost their quarterback's coach to the New York, to the New York Giants as he is the new offensive coordinator. They bring in Matt Nagy, so to be, you don't lose a beat. And I'm sure, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he knows, he knows Matt Nagy. I think Nagy working with Eric Bieniemy again could make the Kansas City Chiefs offense that much more dangerous if that's even really possible. Now, don't get it wrong. I know the Chiefs offense it did struggle this past year. Patrick Mahomes had his ups, he had some downs, but Patrick Mahomes is still in the top quarterbacks in this league. He's got to be top what five easily, hands down. But I think it's a nice. I think it's a nice signing by. Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs to bring Matt Nagy back. I know Nagy's had his, the Chicago Bears faithful have been upset, upset with him and Ryan Pace for the job they did. Now, if you look at it, Matt Nagy did have a winning record with the Chicago Bears. He did get in the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky as quarterback. So to me, that shows a lot of what Matt Nagy's his capabilities. I know he didn't, he had some the last couple of years have not been kind to him. But Matt did have success with the Chicago Bears. Now you look at it, you know, Ryan Pace. But then again, the guys did, did put together some, they draft some quality players. I mean, Eddie Goldman's the world, Eddie Jackson. Daryl Mooney is a good young talent. I mean, they're just some names you can throw out there for the Bears, names that that Nagy and Pace were able to draft, and they didn't do bad at all. Now, this past year's, of course, now the Mitchell Trubisky one was a bust, a real bust for them. And to me, I've always thought that was the, I never understood why they traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky, because matter of fact, Patrick Mahomes was, was in that same draft as Mitchell Trubisky. Now, yeah, I get it, Kansas City Chiefs, they did trade up to get Patrick Mahomes, but then again, you take a look at what Patrick Mahomes has done, you take a look at what Trubisky's done. I don't think I need to say any more than that. But I think it's a it's it's a nice sign that the Chiefs bring in Matt Nagy. And he knows the system, he knows the players. What's it you know, what's the big deal? He knows Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, he knows them, and surely he'll have to he'll have to 
get used to some new players. But to me, it's a smooth transition. And if you're any, if you're any football team in the NFL, you want that smooth transition. You want to bring a, a head, uh, an assistant coach in that knows the system. Well, obviously, Matt Nagy knows the system. He ran it with the, he ran it with the Chicago Bears. And certainly the Bears are going to have their work cut out for them this offseason to add some pieces around one Justin Fields. But you got to look at that. You go from the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy goes to a team that has been in Super Bowl for two, you know, Super Bowl for three years ago, I should say. They won the Super Bowl, what, three years ago? Super Bowl, year before last. And this past year, they did got the AFC Championship game. So Kansas City is certainly talented. There's no denying that. And when you bring in Matt Nagy, it just makes the team so much better. To me, one of the better, let's say, coaching signs of the offseason really by Kansas City Chiefs by bringing in Matt Nagy. Now, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Matt ends up having another a new, another chance to be a head coach in this league. Maybe he can learn a bit more under the tree of Andy Reid. And I'm sure Matt has learned from some mistakes that he has made when he was coaching Chicago Bears. Again, the man did have a winning record. He did get a team to the playoffs. But I get it. You're in the same division with one Aaron Rodgers, and that makes things very difficult. I get it. And Eric Benny, certainly hope the uh, Hunter Sunderland gentleman does get a head coaching job in, we shall say, 2023. I'm sure there's going to be I'm sure somebody's going to be fired at some point during the offseason, and it could be, if this could be Eric's time to move in to move right in and to become a head coach. Hopefully, you know, Eric gets the right gets the right spot. But again, I thought there was plenty of spots Eric could have had this year. I think it would have been, been wonderful for him. Uh, to me, I thought the Minnesota Vikings would have been an excellent spot for Eric. For Eric. And you could work with a veteran like Kirk Cousins. You had a heck of a running back in Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. You had, there was a ta- talent was there. And I think, you know, I think Eric would have done a fine job in Minnesota. Now, could he have gotten past Green Bay? That would be a, um, well, let's just say that would have been a, uh, a hard one to figure out. As providing if Aaron Rodgers does come back, that providing if Devontae Adams comes back. I think Eric would have been a perfect fit for the for the for someone like the Minnesota Vikings. The Chicago Bears could have been interesting. Can you imagine him working with the young Justin Fields? The offense line might have been great. I love me some David Montgomery. He has at least one ball receiver in Daryl Mooney. So I think the talent there was some talent there. But I think Eric could have worked with that talent, might have done something with it. But nevertheless, Benny, Nagy, they're, they're there with the Chiefs. And could the Chiefs be that much more dangerous with Matt Nagy back as, as part of the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs system? 
I don't think they miss a beat. Like I said, right now, they're still a team that's going to have to be, they're going to have to be contending with. And sure, the Chiefs wind up being back in the playoffs. I believe they'll be in the playoffs again, certainly, whether it's to win the division or it's a wild card spot. The Chiefs are still too talented. We'll see. We'll see if Matt Nagy, the addition of Matt Nagy, helps. Maybe, maybe the addition of Matt Nagy helps Patrick Mahomes correct some stuff that was going wrong last year. Maybe he does that. If they can do that now, if he can do that, then it's just Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs will be even more dangerous than you can ever, ever imagine. Now, I'm sure my, I don't know if my viewers have heard this one. But uh, Sean, Sean McFay, there was rumors going around that Sean McFay was getting offers to get up in the booth. Now, I don't know what network made him the offers that have, that has not come out and said. Now, I know that, um, I believe the, the, was it Troy? I know Troy Aikman is leaving Fox. And the board is he's going to what do Monday night foot Monday night football I believe it is now. And um, it's a nice sign by ESPN to get a guy like Troy Aikman. It's going to be rough on Fox. Troy Aikman was a a great analyst for Fox. I tell you one guy, Tony Romo has stepped in and done an outstanding job since he has come to. Since he's come to Fox, but Aikman's been a long, long time. It'll be it'll be certainly hard to see. It'll be definitely be a different look for Aikman to be on ESPN on Monday on Monday night. But to be honest with you, I think that it's been a while since I think that Monday Night Football on ESPN has had any. You know, not since I hate to say, it, but not since Gruden left. And I hope Aikman can hope Aikman hopefully can bring the stability that ESPN really really needs. Now, Sean McFay was getting offers from networks to come to work for them to step in a booth. Now, I know the rumors have run around. I think that Sean was thinking about maybe retiring after winning the Super Bowl. And like I said. I've said this, I know, had to be a, I know a few episodes ago, some people, some people just have, is, is once you reach that brass ring that you've worked so hard to get, and you finally get there, and then you sit back and think to yourself, well, where else do I go? I've won the Lombardi Trophy, what else is there for me to do? Now, some people, like I said, people, some people like Tom Brady or others. They have the desire. If I want it once, I want it again and again and again. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times in your life, you win only one Super Bowl, and then again, some of the greats in this sport have won none. I mean, think about it. Dan Marino, he went to one Super Bowl. He didn't win it. Take a guy like Jim Kelly. Four Super Bowls didn't win one. What about a guy like Fran Tarkington? 
A lot of people don't forget it was Fran talking that had all the passing records before the guys like the Renos and the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's came along in the world and shattered his records. Peyton Manning played a lot. I mean, excuse me, Fran Tarkin played a lot of years for the Minnesota Vikings. They went to their share of Super Bowls, but they didn't win none. And Fran was a pretty, pretty decent, pretty decent quarterback in this in this league. Like I said, people get when you get to that the top of the mountain. Sometimes there's just nowhere else to go, at least in your mind. That's why Aaron Donald thought about hanging up after eight seasons in the NFL because he had reached, he felt his mind at that point, hey, I've done this and I've done that. We've got the Super Bowl. It's time for me to finally, you know, finally hang it up. And you don't know. I mean, he, he, they might not, he might not have been the only one that did to think like that. Who knows? Maybe deep down inside, Matthew Stratford might have said, hey, you know what? After all those years with the Detroit Lions, I go go to L.A. and I get me a Super Bowl. Maybe it's time for me to finally hang it up. I mean, you know, Matthew's been dinged up, I think, the last couple of years before he came to the, to the Rams. I mean, you don't know. Now, Matthew has not had to shut my come out publicly and say it, but maybe he's had conversations with his his wife on the same subject. And I think to me, I think with Sean McVay, I think when he said that, I'm sure whether it was Fox, NBC, you know, ESPN, whatever the case might be, somebody had to somebody had to say, Well, hey, wait a minute. Maybe we can get if Sean's thinking about retirement, maybe we can um Maybe we can get him to come on board. Make his job easier for him. Now, I know Sean. I know Sean not on recently got engaged. And congratulations for, for Sean McVay on that. But I'm sure Sean's thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm getting married here at some point. And, and any, any coach in the NFL, college coach, they will tell you, it is a grind. Sometimes, sometimes you might work what twenty two, uh, twenty four hours a day or something like that, being a coach, because you want to be the very best of what you do. I mean, there's constant stories out there about um, coaches sleeping sleeping in the office. Some coaches stay up to what four o'clock in the morning, game planning. You know, who knows? I mean, Sean McVay, maybe he was one of those guys that slept in the office. Maybe he was one of those guys that stayed at 4 o'clock in the morning, game plan, brainstorming, coming up with some ideals. You know, it can take a toll. It can take a mental toll on you. Maybe Sean, you know, and Sean figures, okay, well, I'm getting married. I don't think my wife, I don't think my, my bride-to-be is going to want me out to four o'clock in the morning game game planning. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be home pacing the floor, trying to figure out you know trying to figure you know, figure out my game plan, figure out who's gonna be healthy enough for me to play this who I can put out there and play this week. Maybe 
you know, he just said I can paste the floor. So I got, you know, I got a decision decision to make. Do I want to cut this guy? Do I want to keep this guy? And now I believe what was it? They lose the what's come out here recently. The Rams are not going. They're not going to go to the NFL Combine if they are less sued. They're not going to the Combine. Well, the Rams, I think the Rams, they traded, what, their first-round draft pick last, I don't know, who, who knows when the next time these guys will even have a first-round draft pick. But in the event, I can understand, Sean. I understand it. I really do. It's like when you reach the top of your profession sometimes there is none there is nothing how can you say there's no place to go but down right now the Rams are still being contention in their own division I'm not going to deny that Stratford will be back Akers and Henderson and the running backs are fine the offensive line could be a concern if Andrew Whitworth decides to retire and and he may very well do that. The offensive line, you've got free agents, free agents on that offensive line. You don't know if you're going to bring bring them back. Still got Cup. Now Beckham torn ACL, but they probably will not bring him back. Robert Woods, you don't know how healthy enough Robert Woods is going to be. Still got Van Jefferson. I believe Tyler Higby's a free agent. Might be wrong on that. Do you want to really bring him back? You say, forget it. He's gone. I get it, Donald. We're going to say for the sake of all Donald's coming back. Jalen Ramsey, still got Jalen Ramsey. Still have a pretty decent defense in place. But the Rams are still be in contention. But it does make you wonder after a while how much longer now you know, Sean McVay can coach probably for another 20, 25 years if he really wanted to. Sean is still a young man. I mean, heck, I'm even older than Sean McVay. But, but some of that stuff makes you wonder. You know, maybe he's thinking about his, you know, like I say, his new bride-to-be. And Sean, you know, Sean, maybe, maybe Sean wants kids. And like any athlete or coach, you're away. During the football season, you're away. You don't get a chance. You do miss those opportunities. If your kids get older and you're still coaching, you might miss a baseball game. Or him playing a football game. Or something like that. You might miss, you might miss some important parts of his life. I mean let's say for example if you're if you're Sean McVay and you got a game in New York but maybe you miss your kids first step. And that is that can be a very painful thought. Because as a parent you want to see your kid or kids Take a first, take that first step. You want to be home. You want to be home. And the kid might say, "Mom, Dad, whatever they might say." 
you didn't hear those first words, but you didn't. But you didn't, because you were, you were coaching a game in New York, or wherever the place might be. So the back of Sean, I'm sure that has to all those plays in the back of Sean McVay's mind. Maybe Sean figures I've been coaching another couple of years. Maybe going to stand around football. Maybe going to the booth. Maybe I can balance a life if I'm in the booth better than I can as a coach. In a way, yeah, you probably can. Because you're not doing, you know, because there is no training camp. There is no preseason. There's no 17-game grind if you make the playoffs. Or even you even make the Super Bowl. Even you win the Super Bowl. It's a grind. And I'm sure it's a lot easier if you're in the booth. You can work your you can work a schedule around you in the booth more than you can as a head coach. And I know former Pittsburgh Shiller coach, Bill Cowder, Bill Cowler, and I did see you know, special on him where he would do the very best that he could do to work around his schedule to go see his daughters play basketball in college. I'm sure he probably did in high school as well. And that's great for Bill. I mean, that's Bill, that's a great thing that Bill did. But maybe Sean McFay is thinking the same thing. If I'm still a coach, I gotta figure. I gotta figure a way around all of this. I gotta figure. Can I do that? But I don't think the Rams fans have anything to worry about. I think Sean will be around for certainly a few more years. Sean's a a very good coach. He's taken his Rams to Super Bowl two of the last four years. Sean McVay is a good coach. Make no mistake about it. He's one of the top coaches in this league. But, once again, as I said before, I believe that's probably the biggest reason why that he wanted to maybe thought about retirement because you hit that brass, you beat that brass ring and you've got thoughts about you're getting married. He wants to be, how can I say, he wants to be true to his wife to be. He wants to make things easy on her as he does on himself. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, if you're gonna if you really want to get out of it, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Make sure that you're comfortable with your decision. And that's, don't have any, as they say, regrets. Don't coach another year and then say, you know what, I'm done. And then maybe I know it, then you set out the year and that itch, that itch you want to get back into coaching. Because there are some coaches that have done that. I mean, it was John Groom was sitting in the booth for about 10 years until he got the itch to come back and want to coach Raiders. Certainly, Sean McFay is a good coach. Now, I thought hopefully Sean will stay around for another 20 years, 
20, 25 years, maybe Sean McFay could get his name one day. Maybe he can get a little bronze plaque or bronze statue and be in Canton. Sean has got the pot. Sean is on the on the, on that track of doing so. Like I said, if Sean, if you're gonna step step aside, when you're thinking about it, I'm not saying this year you're not, but for future reference, if you're gonna do it, make sure that you are comfortable with that decision. Because somebody said, somebody has once always said. You've always got there's times when you have to look out for number one. Now we haven't really talked much about new head coaching hirings, and one of them we'll talk about right now is Doug Peterson returning after a year off from coaching the um, after being fired from the Philadelphia Eagles. Now he's back coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars. And to be honest with you, it's 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 a good hire. It's a good hire for the Jaguars. I mean, Doug Peterson did a did an outstanding job for the Philadelphia Eagles. He got the Philadelphia Eagles their only Super Bowl championship in the history in the history. And you, and people know how the city of Philadelphia can be about their sports teams: the Phillies, the Eagles, the Flyers, and the 76ers. I mean, we all know you know how Philadelphia fans are. Man, what's the old saying? Only 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 fans in Philadelphia can boo Santa Claus. Is that is that is that the thing? Well, Doug Peterson did a pretty good job. Now, his very last year there, I know the quarterback problems came in with the Carlson Wentz's of the world and Nick Foles and Jalen Hurts and all that was going on. But now he moves on to Jacksonville. Now. Doug Pearson did come out with a statement to the Jacksonville Jaguars faithful and fans and said that um, it's going to take a little bit of time. And Doug is right. I know I know that if you're a, a fan of any football team, you don't want your head coach, your new head coach, to say, hey, guys, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you drafted Cheryl Lawrence last year as your number one pick. And you see, and to be honest with you, Doug does a pretty good job. He did a pretty good job with Carlson Wentz. I mean, there was a point in time that Carlson Wentz was actually considered an MVP candidate one year until he got hurt. Now, I believe that, I believe Doug could do wonders for Trevor Lawrence. Now, if you look at the offensive side of the ball, they've got, you know, Trevor is, is a starting point. I like James Robinson. He got hurt. I don't know if he's going to be quite healthy for camp. That's something. Um, Trevor, yeah, Lawrence's teammate is there as well. He's coming back. He's coming back from a foot injury. And you and we shall see how Doug Peterson is going to use him. Now, the receiving core takes a beating. I know Marvin Jones does return, the veteran. But you got a lot of guys that are leaving. That are leaving 
So the receiving core is going to be is going to be a huge issue. They did get Dan Arnold in a trade, which I thought was a kind of an underrated trade. I think Dan Arnold could do. I think his numbers will go up, as I believe Trevor Lawrence will well end up having more faith faith in the man. You'll get to know him better, and I think things will you know get better. That connection and the offensive line. It seems like every time you talk about an offensive line in this league, it seems that this team's got a bad offensive line. This team's got a bad offensive line. Well, the Jacksonville offensive line has got a lot of holes now. They've got the first overall pick in this year's draft, and they're talking about the tackle from Baylor. I mean, not from Baylor, but from Alabama. That's going to be, everybody believes he has a good chance of being the first overall pick. And there's nothing wrong with that because let's be honest with you, if Trevor Lawrence is your franchise quarterback, then you need to protect him. And defensively, like I said, Jacksonville did show some problems this past year. And like I said, they held Buffalo to the single digits. And that's saying something, saying something right there. But again, I have to. But again, Doug Pearson is right. I mean, he's, he's telling the truth. He's telling Jacksonville Jaguar fans the truth. It's going to take some time. I'm not saying there's a few pieces not there already, but it's going to it's going to take some time. I know that they do not want to hear that, but to be honest with you, if Mark Brunell, Fred Taylor, Maurice Drew Jones. Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardle. I hate to say it, guys, but those guys are not walking back in the front door. No. It's going to take some time. I'm sure Doug Peterson is going to do his best to implement a plan to get Jacksonville back on track. But you look at the division, Tennessee is probably still the team to beat. Can Ryan Tannehill bounce back? Derrick Henry returns. You got AJ Brown. Can you still get something out of Julio Jones? Defensively, Tennessee's defense had 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 its, had its bumps in the road. You take a look at the Indianapolis Colts. Well, Colts have a pretty decent, have a pretty good defense. And you got Jonathan Taylor. But what you gonna do about Carson Wentz? There's still the buzz that Carson may be able to cut. Maybe they'll try to trade him. I don't know who would pay Carson Wentz, but you never know. The offensive line is not that bad. You do have a Pro Bowl, you have a Pro Bowl center and a Pro Bowl guard. You do have that to work with. But the but the receiving room, the receiving room is certainly highly, highly questionable. Other than Pittman, what else do you got? But right now, the Colts are probably maybe the second-best team in their division. And you have Command Houston and Jacksonville. But again, I have no I have no issues with what he said as far as it's going to take some time. And it's going to take some time. How much time? I don't really know. Maybe Doug Peterson and company have a plan in place about how long it's going to take. It will certainly depend on the upcoming draft, how they draft. If they dip into the free agent pool, 
who do you who do you intend to get? Try to get to make your team better. I know Jackson. I know Jacksonville fans are kicking the tires with the Urban Meyer thing this past this past season. It was just a complete mess, a complete disaster. But yeah, I get it. Doug Peterson is going to come in. I think Doug will do a good job for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, again, I don't know. I it's it gives me a struggle. I don't know how much they'll win. Maybe they'll win about four or five games this year. But then again, I still see the same team on paper that I did this past season. Now, how much better can it be than Houston? I don't know. But it's going to take some time for them to become a, how can I say, maybe a mediocre team, a 500 team. I think it's going to take even, even a little bit of time to even make them a 500 team. But there was glimpse, I mean, let's be honest with you, they gave Cincinnati Bengals all they can handle. Probably should have won that game. They actually did beat the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Jacksonville kind of hung in there, played well in some games, and hung in there tight. So there is something there that's being built. You know, maybe Urban Meyer started it, and maybe Doug, Doug Peterson can take it over the top. But I'm interested to see what he can do with the Trevor Lawrence. I'm interested to see what he can do with that running game. Can he get the right receivers in place? Will he go ahead and sign a top-notch receiver to try to help Trevor Lawrence. Can he get him a good offensive line? It'll be interesting to see what Doug Peterson can do. And I know that the Jacksonville Jaguar faithful are hoping that that Trevor Lawrence is certainly not a not a bust. He certainly had more downs, I think, than he had ups this year. But the potential is there to be a pretty good quarterback in this league. But a guy like Doug Peterson, I think a guy like Doug Peterson, who was once a former quarterback himself, I believe Doug Peterson can get Trevor, Trevor Lawrence on the right path. And I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor Lawrence improves greatly. Because Doug Peterson, like I said, is a former quarterback. He knows what it takes to be a successful quarterback in this league. He was round he was round Brett Favre in his playing days. But for the Jacksonville Jaguars faithful, yeah, it's gonna take some time. Doug didn't lie to you. He told you the straight up truth. And they say Truth hurts, right? At least that's what they say. But Doug is right. Doug didn't. Doug didn't sugarcoat it. It's gonna take. It's gonna take some time. But don't be surprised if Jacksonville surprises people this year. Now I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they will surprise a few teams this year, just like they did this past season. 
And who knows? Give Doug a few seasons. You never know. Jacksonville could be a team that could be a force to reckon with down the road. We'll see. Now, the next subject we've got to talk about is it seems like now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are seem to be hitting a damn little spiral. Maybe not quite. Maybe that's not the term I want to look for, but they are certainly um, taking a beating all of a sudden. Retirement of Tom Brady. Your top three running backs are now in the uh, free agency. Chris Godwin is a free agent. Gronkowski is retired or possibly might be retiring again. Nothing's etched in stone there. You've got your starting center. He's a free agent. You just had a 28-year-old lineman that has announced his retirement from the, from the game. And your defense, it's losing some players too. So now Tampa Bay seems to be struggling a little bit. Now it makes me wonder. Now, a report I heard today that I think that even I think that Bruce Arians is concerned is is highly concerned Kyle Trask as the possibly starting quarterback, but they are going to kick the tires on a possible veteran quarterback. But as of right now, Kyle Trask is the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, here's the thing. If you look at Tampa Bay, you've got, what, I think with three pissed offensive lines still coming back, which is not bad. But you have, I think with Vaughn, I think believe Vaughn is going to be the starting running back, at least as of right now. He's about the only guy that, only running back is not leaving. Yes, you still got Mike, Mike Evans. But you got what Scotty Miller is there still. So, yeah, other than Mike Evans, now OJ Howard, I believe, is a free agent. But you do have Cameron Bray, who's kind of an underrated player, in my opinion, very underrated. So let me see. You've got a rookie court. Well, I'm not going to say you've got maybe a second year or third year quarterback. Running game is highly questionable. Still got Mike Evans, but you don't have a number two. So your offense is your offense goes from being a juggernaut to being maybe below average at best. The defense, so the defense didn't play up to the capabilities that they could have played up this past season. They had a nice little Super Bowl run, but there was times the Tampa Bay defense got lit up like a Christmas tree this past year. But I hate to say it, it looks like Tampa Bay is coming down to earth. As much as Bruce Arians doesn't want to admit it, they're coming back down to earth. Now, unless for some unforeseen reason, you can yeah, you can convince some of these players once again to come back, but I don't think that's going to happen. You're not going to have your whole starting line return. That's just not going to not that's just not going to happen. And that division, I think, becomes a huge toss-up. I mean, I don't think Lions going to win it. New Orleans, New Orleans has got way too many holes. They have a pretty good defense, but 
the offense is questionable. Which it brings to maybe to maybe this could be the Carolina Panthers chance if they get a quarterback. That seems to be a recurring theme. If somebody can get a quarterback. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, for some weird reason, maybe the Panthers need to talk to the Packers about Aaron Rodgers. Now, I, know, I, know the, I know the Panthers have been a subject of a Lance Lafford, Sean Watson. But right now, they can find a, a, a decent quarterback. I might have to say the Panthers win that division this, this coming year. Tampa Bay, wow. You go from winning the Super Bowl, you made the playoffs last year, you may go to be maybe a 500 team or below 500 team this year because you're losing a lot of talent. Now, I'm kind of surprised, you know, I'm kind of surprised. Now, now Bruce is going to stay around for another year. But don't be shocked about 2023, he decides to step down. And maybe Byron Leftwich will move up and become the new head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just got that funny feeling that's what's going to happen, that Bruce is going to step down at the end of the year after he realizes that he doesn't have the talent that he once did a couple of years ago when Tom Brady led to the Super Bowl during the during the pandemic. Now, granted, I haven't seen Kyle Trask since he played for the University of Florida, but I just don't see Kyle, Kyle Trask and not going to be the second coming of Tom Brady. I don't think he's going to be a player as good as even Jameis Winston. And Winston threw 30 touchdown passes for that franchise. Now, I don't think Kyle's going to throw 30 interceptions. At least I don't think he will. But the problem is, where's your running game at? And teams... Teams are gonna double are gonna double cover Mike Evans to death because they don't because they're gonna do it because you could take your best weapon out and they go challenge everybody else to be to beat you. And that's sound strategy. And the defense, let's be honest with the defense played didn't play up to par last year, and to me, I don't see much of a difference this year. I'm sure in the back of his mind, I'm sure Bruce Arias got to pace on the floor of his home saying, I go from two years ago to being a Super Bowl champion to a team that might not even be 500 this year because I'm losing my talent right and left. It's got to come in the, it's got to be playing in the back of Bruce's mind that, hey, I'm going to go through this year and this team plays below 500 or worse. I'm out of here. And I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Byron Leftwich takes over. And we'll see what Byron can do in 2023. Again, just a thought. I could be wrong, and I might be wrong in all of this. But I hate to tell Tampa Bay fans, two years ago was great. You made the playoffs last year. But now I think you're going from the highs to the lowest of lows. Now, I'm not going to say you're going to wind up being 0-17. I don't believe that's going to happen. But I'm just warning you, there's that all high, that mighty, almighty high 
Magazine load will be low. Could be wrong, but I got a feeling in this situation, I'm not. For Buck fans, I hope you do enjoy the ride. Tom Brady got you what you want. Another Super Bowl. Now your first Super Bowl, it was your defense that got you the Super Bowl. This time around, the defense did play well to get you to the Super Bowl, but it was Tom Brady that really got you there. And it was Tom Brady that took you over the top. Now, there is no more Tom Brady. Your offense that played well, well, a lot of it's gone. But, I hope Tangley fans enjoyed the ride while they did. Because it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a bumpy road from here on out. Now, the last subject we'll touch up on is um, words coming out of Las Vegas. That it seems like that um, Joshua Daniels, the new general manager, David Ziegler, and Derek Carr are all pretty much on the same page. They're all getting off to a good start. And that's certainly a good good thing to hear. Now, I know Joshua Daniels. Few years back, he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and you would hope that Josh has learned a lesson from that. Now, of course, there's been a buzz that Derek Carr was possible trade bait, and now Josh, I think Josh has come out and said no, that Derek is not going to go anywhere, that he's going to stay put where he's at. And for Josh and Ziegler, that would probably be the right move. I can't see you training Derek Carr. Derek Carr to me is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in this league. I think at times he doesn't get enough credit. And to me, you need a pretty decent quarterback in this league. Any any NFL coach, any NFL executive will tell you that. Now, certainly you would hope that Josh has learned from his mistakes. Now granted, he was the one that drafted Tim Tebow. But Derek Carr is way more talented than Tim Tebow. Now, offensively, there's something there. You've got Josh Jacobs. King and Drake, who was not used to his full potential this past season, and knowing Josh McDaniels the way I know Josh McDaniels, he will find a way to put that talent to use. The receiving core is something that's got to be worked on Hunter Ruffo caught over 100 balls this past season. You still got Darren Waller. Darren Waller had some injuries this past year, but he's still one of the best tight ends in this league. The biggest thing with them is, the biggest thing with the offense is they need to get help on their receiving game. I know, like I've said before in previous podcasts, I know Derek Carr has some kind of connection with Devontae Adams, but that's a lot of money to pay Devon. Now, I can see if Devontae Adams went to Vegas, it would certainly boost. It would certainly boost that offense that much more. I can see maybe, you know, I can see it him, Renfro, maybe another piece. Doesn't have to be a big piece, another piece, along with Waller. And the defense, 
that did improve a little bit last year, but still needs a little bit of work. You never know. In that crazy AFC West, Raiders could make a uh, a huge could make a, make some noise. And I'm sure Josh, it'll be interesting to see the relationship that Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr have. Because to be honest with you, Derek Carr and John Gruden had, had times a bumpy relationship, a bumpy one at best. But Derek did put up some pretty good numbers this past year. And to be honest with you, Josh has done an excellent job. He's worked with guys like Tom Brady, the Jacoby Brissett, even worked with Jimmy Garoppolo at one point in time. I mean, he did work with Cam Newton, and he did the best job he could with Cam Newton to tailor an offense around him. And he did a, a really good job with a rookie in Mac Jones. So I, I believe, I don't think it's going to be shocking if I'm sure Josh is already working on a possible a, a, a system that's going to make Derek Carr, you know, feel secure. Like I said, he's got a couple of quality running backs he can hand the ball off to, but it's going to be very interesting to see if they can find Derek that top-notch receiver that he can go to on a regular basis. Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, two pretty good players, but you need a, you need a couple more weapons, a couple more reliable weapons that can take your offense over the top. But it's not surprising that Joshua Daniels and David and Dave Zagler have are getting along with Derek Carr already. It's not a surprise. Derek Carr seems to be a pretty laid-back kind of guy. He seems to be a pretty good teammate. At least that's and that's been the consensus I've always heard through stories that he is that type of guy. His teammates love him. So to be honest with you, I'm not surprised that Josh McDaniels and Zagler have fell in love with Derek Carr right off the bat. But I'm interested to see what plan is Josh has got for Derek Carr and that offense? But knowing Josh, I think Josh has a little more tools to work with, maybe with the with the Raiders than he did with the Denver Broncos back then. Now, granted, the quarterback situation was not that great. I think you have a couple of quality receivers. One guy comes to mind, Demarius Thomas, the late Demarius Thomas. He did have to work with. Now, to me, he's going to go ahead and find that Demarius Thomas. But I believe Josh Jans can find a way to make it work. But again, we'll see. But it's not surprising that Derek Carr and Josh Daniels have gotten off to a pretty decent start. But we'll see how we'll see how the dynamic we'll see how they work together as the season moves on training camp, the preseason. We'll see how we'll see how it all works out, how it all comes together. We'll see we'll very much see can can Derek Carr and Josh Daniels actually work together. And for those uh football fans that are um, itching for for it to get for football season to come back well it seems like is here in a couple of days you will have the NFL Combine that you get a chance to possibly watch to see 
who has who can who can leap the highs, who can lift the most weights. That 40-yard dash, we'll see if I can break John Ross's record. And sometimes it's pretty it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty interesting stuff to watch. Um, for me personally, I won't get a chance to watch most of them. I won't get a chance to probably watch hardly any of it or next to any of it. Now, I'm sure the NFL Network, they may tape delay it. And I might get a chance to catch. I'm sure that people want to know the next quarterback, and I mean quarterback, quarterbacks in this year's draft are not as talented as certainly last year's draft. But Kenny Pickett of Pittsburgh, or the University of Pittsburgh, is pretty much right now the consensus number one pick. The quarterback from Rudy T. Willis seems to have some upside. I'm sure he'll get looked at looked at as well. The receivers, there's like about six or seven good receivers in this year's draft that could get drafted in the first round. The offensive line, there are some decent tackles in this year's draft. Again, who doesn't need a good tackle in this league, right? You got some good pass rushers, some very interesting cornerbacks in this year's in this year's in draft. You got a Hamilton from the University of Notre Dame, a very talented safety that some are saying could be top, maybe a top four pick or five pick in this draft. Some experts believe that he's got that much talent, and I've seen the man play. I've seen him play in some games, and he's a very talented individual. I know a lot of people don't draft safeties that early in the draft, but. This young man certainly has the potential of being a high draft pick. It'll be interesting. I know fans are itching or itching for football to start again already. I mean, the Super Bowl just finished up <laughs> a few weeks back, and now I'm sure people are itching for the combine for something. Then after the combine, then you look at then you. And I'm a big fan of this. I'm a big fan of the NFL draft. And I will sit there. I'll, if if I get a chance, I will certainly sit there and watch the draft pretty much throughout the entire day. If I if I could, I certainly would. So I'm very interested to see who goes where, who makes a little move up to make that possible trade. And I know the buzz around here is I know Jacksonville said they're open for business to trade out the first round. I've heard the Texans, I believe they're open for business as well. They want to trade out. Out of the first, out of that first pick as well. It'll be very interesting to see to see how this year's draft shapes up. Will there be any trades? I don't know if there's going to be any huge trades or not. There's not that quarterback that's going to really say that. Hey, I got to have that quarterback. He is my quarterback of the future. Maybe somebody believes that offensive tackle or certain player or pass rusher. That you believe that can take a team of head off and take you up over the top. It'll be interesting, and you know how much longer to wait. The combine will be here, and I'm sure, I'm sure you know. Fans will be certainly looking looking forward forward to that to see who who can impress the NFL brass. It'll be very interesting. That is all the time that I have for this episode. Again, take care of yourselves, and I will see you again soon.